we're going to get a little spicy today. Anyone ready for some spice? You're like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. This week has been intense as I've been putting together this message. I'm actually super excited about the next couple of weeks. Normally, um, you know, I'm good with preaching to one person. It's not like I'm not a numbers guy, but with this message, I wish there was a thousand people here today. I think it's a message that everyone in our society needs to hear. In fact, Melissa Moore um, actually gave my message uh, during her talk, which was awesome. And by the way, it's always more powerful when you're on a scooter. It's it's the same. If you're a worship leader and you have an English accent, the the Lord comes down fuller and thicker. And also when you give a word on on a scooter, it's better as well. So thank you for recognizing that discernment that it was... Very powerful. But today and next week, we're going to look at a couple of beliefs that we have attributed to God that, in reality, God never said. For example, next week's going to be very important. We're going to talk about what so many people actually believe is in the Bible, but it is not. People say this all the time. I've said it before. God will never give you more than you can handle. God never said that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. If you disagree with me, come, invite your friends. Please, let's pack this place out. But today we're going to talk about a belief that is maybe the most popular misbelief about God in our American version of Christianity. And that is that God wants you to be happy. That above all else, God wants you to be happy. Now, I would love with all my heart to be able to tell you that Life Spring Church, above all else, God wants you to be happy. Above all else, God wants you to enjoy your life. Above all else, God only wants you to have good things happen in your life. God would never want anything bad to happen in your life. That above all else, God would want you to be happy, as Reverend Phil Robertson would say, happy, happy, happy. As Pharrell Williams would say, like a room without a roof, happy. But it's not true. This is one of the biggest cultural mistakes in what people believe about God. They believe above all else, God wants you to be happy. But I want you to know that if you believe that above all else, God wants you to be happy, if you begin your day with that belief, it will start you down a dangerous road of other misbeliefs, a road that I have traveled down way too many times before. See, with the idea that God's ultimate goal is to make you happy, this is what happens. I'm going to call it a theology of happiness. Theology of happiness. If you believe that God's supreme goal for you is happiness, here's what eventually you're going to start to do. Number one, if you're writing this down, go ahead, write it down. You believe that God wants me happy above all else. That whatever makes me happy must be right. Whatever makes me unhappy must be what? Wrong. Right? Sheryl Crow, remember she even sang it. If it makes you happy, it can't be that that was awesome, Dan. Really just uh, hate it. I'm just saying, we get a little auto tune on that. It'd have been wicked cool. But see, if we believe that above all else, that God wants us to be happy, then number one, what, whatever makes you happy must be right. Whatever makes you unhappy must be wrong. Number two, we start to believe this is a big one. We start to believe that discomfort, delay, risk, suffering. Challenges, inconvenience, obstacles, any kind of hardship. They can't possibly be God's will, right? In other words, if something isn't going right, then it must not be God working in my life. Number three, without knowing it, I begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. If I believe that above all else, God wants me to be happy, one day I will worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. Melissa Moore was talking about it. I've been there so many times. I've been there chasing after comfort, chasing after money, pleasure, and things. Theology of happiness. Here's the problem. When we believe that above all else, God wants us 
to be happy, suddenly we are forced to believe that God exists to serve us. God exists to serve us. At that point, we have to push the big red button. It's not true. See, we have to understand that God does not exist to serve us. Oh my goodness, how many times I've thought that. We exist to serve God. I want to say it again. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve Him. Because see, if we, if, we, if we get to where God exists to make us happy, suddenly we reduce the Creator, the Sustainer of the universe, the Holy One, down to this cosmic Coke machine or spiritual ATM machine, right? Basically, if I put the money in the machine, I press the button, I've done my part, contractually, the machine needs to give me exactly what I asked for. Right? Serve me, genie. You know, do what I ask you to do. Literally, without knowing it, this is what we do. We've all done it before. We're all guilty of it. We reduce God down to some kind of formula. God, I said my prayers. I went to church, right? I tried to do good things. I tried not to do bad things. I gave a little money in the offering. You know, we've all tried that one. I gave a little money. I helped a little old lady cross the street. I dodged my neighbor's, neighbor's cat still alive. I didn't run into it. I hate cats. I wanted to run into it, but I didn't. God, I've done all these good things. Therefore, my headaches should go away. That cute girl, handsome boy, they should go out with me. I should get a job. I should get a dream house. I should have a stable retirement because I put the money into the God machine. I press the button and I expect God to do whatever I want Him to do. Sounds familiar, right? Here's the tragedy of that misbelief. I've seen this again and again and again. So many people end up walking away from God because of completely wrong beliefs. They all say things like, you know, I tried church, but it didn't make me any happier. I tried religion, it didn't work. You've heard that, right? I tried religion, it didn't work. I tried that God thing. I even went to a life group. I read the Bible, but I still got cancer. I went to church, but my kids are still in rebellion. I'm still in financial ruin. I tried religion, but it didn't work. See, if you believe that God exists to make you happy, and then you're not happy, now you're stuck. Logic tells you you're now stuck. If God exists to make you happy and you're not happy, you're stuck because now you're forced to believe that God has failed. But God didn't fail. You just started with the wrong idea in the first place and it's led you down a very, very dangerous path. So hopefully today with the Holy Spirit's help, we can have our mindsets recalibrated on this issue and realize God's ultimate goal isn't to make us happy. All right, so now I have adequately depressed everyone in this room. <laughs> I want to add this. I completely believe that God delights in your happiness. When you're happy, I believe it brings Him joy. Right? Just as any parent is delighted when a child has joy or happiness. For example, my little Ava, she's playing t-ball. Trevin, he's playing football. Man, he had a good game last week. He killed it. But if they're out there and they do something awesome in the field and Trevin causes a fumble when he's on defense or Ava's just whacking that ball off the tee and if they're excited and they're really happy, guess what? I'm happy because they're happy. You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been a parent? I'm happy because they're happy. It is my joy to see my kids happy. But I also want to say, this is very, I want you to hear this. I also want to say, it is not my main priority that they're happiness. Their happiness is not my main priority. See, for example, if Trevin scores a touchdown on a fumble recovery and he's happy, and he's so happy that he's happily just starting to flip off the other team in his happiness, and he's just giving the middle finger to the whole team, guess what? I'm not happy. Does that make sense? His happiness, how he feels at that moment, is not 
my ultimate highest priority. Yeah, many of us treat God like, hey, God, He should be happy for us no matter what. Right? Yeah, sure, I'm flipping off the other team, but I'm happy. And doesn't God want me to be happy? I want to show you two specific areas where God does not want you to be happy. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, this is so important. God does not want you happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something stupid, (laughs) sinful, wrong or unwise. Flipping off the other team. I don't care how happy you are. God doesn't want you happy in that circumstance. I'll give you an example. So many people do wrong just because they believe it's going to make them happy, right? We're going to enjoy this. We're going to be happy. Yet it's wrong or unwise. Perfect example. Mary and I, we got married. And we did everything and anything that made us happy. I mean, we were on the happy train of marriage. We were binging on happiness. Regardless of how much it costs. (laughs) Right? Ah, we're married! Let's buy a house! Ah, we're married. Let's buy a minivan. Let's buy a bike. Let's buy two bikes. Let's buy the living room furniture and the dining room and the bedroom furniture. Let's go on vacation. Let's go on two vacations. Let's get a dog. Let's get a cat. Let's get two cats. Right? So quickly, I'm telling you, and some of you have done this before, so quickly, we were in so much debt, it took us years to get out of that debt. It's the perfect example of what so many people do in their life. This is going to be fun. This is going to make me happy. Maybe fun for a while, but listen to this scripture. There is a way that seems right to man, but then in the end it leads to what? Leads to death. Here's the fundamental problem that so many people believe. Now, scripture tells us to be holy. Everybody say holy. Holy. But many people translate it this way. First Peter 1.15 But just as he who called you is happy, so be happy in all you do. Oh, I think you misspelled that, Rich. Um, the Bible actually says, who called you is happy. Yeah, that's the wrong translation. I think it's the Dan Burst translation. No, it doesn't say that, does it? Darn it. <laughs> yep, practically, that's how we want to live. Oh man, I've been there before. Come on. But the Bible teaches you, just as he who called you is what? Holy. We're to be holy, set apart in all we do, including how you manage your household and your money when you first get married. Yet when we believe above all else, God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be happy. It just sounds so good, right? But then we end up doing things that are wrong or unwise in the pursuit of happiness. I'll give you an example. You've all heard this before. You run into someone you haven't seen for a while and you say, how's it going, right? How's you and Susie or how's you and whoever, Deborah? And they say, well, we're not married anymore. You say, well, what happened? You always get the same response. Well, we're not happy, right? It wasn't good. She wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. And so we got divorced. I was just talking to a Presbyterian pastor Thursday morning. She's telling me how she has a married friend of hers who was having an affair with a man who was also married. And she was telling my pastor friend how wonderful it was. And, and, and it was all okay because she was unhappy in her marriage. And don't you know that God wants her to be happy? This is an epidemic right now in the American church. This terrifies me much more than ISIS or any other terrorist group. What is happening to the marriages in Christian families? We've got to remember that the Christian marriage, it is a covenant. A covenant. It is a holy covenant. Let no man separate what God has joined together. You agreed before God that it is for better or for worse till death do you part. It's not about happiness. It's about covenant. And yet Christians divorce over this issue all the time. 
And for those of you who have been through something like this and experienced the pain of divorce, I don't say this so you can relive it all again. No way. I think like 70, 80% of us in this room have been divorced. You know how much it hurts. You know the devastation it causes. It's not to make you feel guilty. But I do bring it up for those of you that right now you're saying, man, I am in the worst part, right? When I agreed for better or for worse, I'm in the worst. But... By the way, it is a part of marriage. There is the better part and there is the worst part. But God's highest calling in your life is not your happiness. You created a covenant. You work through the worst and you work toward a better. You work toward it. God's highest calling in your life is not your happiness. You be holy in all you do. Be holy. But even as I say this, so many of us, we wrongly believe, above all else, God wants me to be happy. And then that belief system empowers us to do what is actually wrong. And the crazy part is we justify it in our minds. It happens all the time. But we need to hear this. God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something unwise or wrong. A big one I'm struggling with right now is food. There is such a strong connection in my life between food and happiness. It makes me happy and I want to be happy. And don't you know, God wants me to be happy so I can go to McDonald's or Taco Time or Arby's or my own fridge and I'm going to eat more than I ever should because don't you know that God wants me to be happy. And it's not right. It's wrong. It's unwise. My relationship with food is actually harming me. It's not only harming me, it's harming my family. It's toxic to my body and yet I do it. Why? Because it makes me what? Makes me happy. You hate your job. You can't stand your job. You got a family to take care of, but you hate your job. You really need a job, but you hate your job. And oh, it would make you so happy to go tell your boss off. You just take this job and... But here's the deal. People do this all the time. They quit their job before they have another job. Not because God is leading them to do it. If God's leading you, go ahead and do it. No, you don't quit because God is leading you. You quit because you're not happy. My wife told me when we got married, you are never quitting a job because you're unhappy. You're only quitting a job if God calls you to somewhere else. We do it because we're unhappy. They justify doing something stupid because it makes you happy. The list goes on and on. Pornography, 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 porn, 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 porn. Everyone around me is looking at porn these days. And we all got our reasons, right? My wife, my spouse isn't meeting my needs. I've got needs. I'm just going to look at this stuff. I know some people think it's wrong, but I'm just supposed to be happy, right? I got my needs. and, and, And when I look at it, it makes me happier to meet my needs. Premarital sex, sex outside of marriage. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, I hope you understand that the gift of lovemaking is a gift to be enjoyed, but it is meant for the covenant of marriage yet when so many christians that i know they're telling me well i don't care it feels good right i'm a man or i'm a woman and we've got needs we can't control ourselves we're just so in love right we're so in love right this is the other one here we're married in our hearts we're just so in love we justify doing the wrong thing because it makes us happy. The list goes on. Our entertainment. Think about this. So many people, they go to movies, they watch movies that are basically, this is what you're doing. You are being entertained by sin. You are being entertained by pure filth. It might be funny, but it's filthy funny. And you're like, well, you know, it's not too honoring to God, but it's so funny. It's so funny. Pastor Dan, I hate this, by the way. Don't ever say this to me. It drives me nuts. It's like, oh my goodness. Pastor Dan, it's so no, you probably wouldn't like it because there's a lot of swearing in it and there's just a lot of nudity and it's like really offensive. But it's so funny. Funny doesn't make wrong right. But it's so funny. And I'm like, but it's so wrong. 
There's a movie that came out, Fifty Shades of Grey. A lot of you, you saw it or you're going to see it on DVD. No matter what I say, you are going to go out and you're going to go see it. It doesn't matter that there shouldn't be a hint of sexual immorality in our lives, not even a hint. Yet you're going to go, you're going to be entertained by watching unmarried couples engage in violent sex. And just because it makes you happy watching it, it doesn't mean God wants you watching it. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, maybe you're thinking, dude, what is this guy's issue? What a prude. Make fun of me all day long. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd be making fun of me as well. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to understand we have a higher standard. I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes. I'm not saying that we don't sin. But you can try to justify all you want what you're doing so that you can be happy. But God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. Just as He who called you is holy. So you be holy in all you do. Second time that God doesn't want you happy is when it's only based on the things of this world. Again, like Melissa was talking about. He doesn't want you happy when it's only based on the things of this world. Things of this world, you want to know what I'm talking about? Just watch late night TV. Late night advertising is crazy. I mean, it's kind of fun. Uh, the, the people that talk about, you know, what is the OxyClean? I mean, that's one of the coolest commercials ever, right? But it's incredible the things they convince you that you need to be happy. By the time you turn off your TV at 2 or 3 in the morning, you're convinced you need a Snuggie, you need a Pillow Pet, you need a Magic Bullet Blender. You know the one I'm talking about. You need a ShamWow. If you order in the next 10 minutes, you're going to get two. A lot of you got that subscription to Proactive because Adam Levine or Carrie Underwood told you you should. And don't forget, it's my favorite, Ron Papel, Showtime Pro Electric Rotisserie Oven. Gotta have it. I love that. Love that. I mean, I've never bought that thing, but I've watched that show how many times? It's the same thing. I mean, it's probably made like 10 years ago, but I'm still watching it. Like, it was $3.99, but now it's only $2.99. Now it's only $1.99. And now it's only three payments to $29.99. You gotta have it. See, here's the formula that Kotra tells you it's true. You might want to write this down. Put it up on the screen. Ba- basically, it's better possessions, newer, faster, shinier, bigger, whatever, plus peef- peaceful circumstances. So the absence of all conflict, plus thrilling experiences, right? You've got to have the perfect vacation. You've got to have a fun experience, the big hit, the big thrill. Facebook is wrecking people with this. Plus the right relationship. You've got to have the right relationship. If you're not right, I'll trade you in for someone different, new or younger. Plus the perfect appearance. Whatever you've got to do to look right. right? Tuck it, lift it, puff it, smooth it, smoke it, shave it. Whatever you've got to do. <laughs> if you have all these things, better possessions, peaceful circumstances, thrilling experiences, right relationship, perfect appearance, that equals what? Happiness. That equals happiness. If you have all that, you'll be happy. And that's, look at the world. That's, that's what the, how the world operates. That's actually what runs our economy. Capitalism does really well with these five things. If you get this, if you buy this, if you have this, if you trade this in, if you get the newest, latest, greatest, then you're going to be happy. And if you're still not happy, what's the answer? You just do it some more. But yeah, if you're honest with yourself, if you've been on that train for a while, you're still not happy. And again, I'm preaching to myself. I've fallen into this trap so many times. You got all the stuff and yet you're still not happy. Why? Because God does not want you to be happy when it's only based on the things of this world. In fact, I love what John says in 1 John. It's pointed and it's direct. Sometimes you're like, man, I wish this wasn't in there, but it is. Listen to this. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Oh, did that catch anybody else's attention? If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, they pass away, they're gone. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. God does not want you above all else to be happy when it causes you to do something wrong or unwise. God does not want you happy when it's only based on the things of this world. Above all else, God's highest calling for you is not your happiness. And this is where I want to go with that. God does not want you happy as much as God wants you blessed. Everybody say blessed. God has something far better than your happiness. He wants you blessed. See, happiness, as you look at the equation, it's all based on happenings, things that can change and shift, things that come and go. But a blessed life is based on the unfailing love of God. It's based on God, His goodness, His presence. In fact, the Greek word translated as the word blessed is the word makarios. It means to be supremely blessed or literally more than happy. More than happy. God wants you more than happy. The problem is if I tell you, hey, you know what? Jeremy, God wants you blessed. The minute that I say that to you, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about, not specifically you, but normally just all of us, we're thinking about more money, right? We're talking about better health, an amazing spouse, the list that I just shared for happiness. That's not what a blessed life is. God wants you blessed, but what I'm about to say is going to radically rock some of your theology. God wants you blessed, but when God wants you blessed, it doesn't mean that you're not ever going to have a bad day. God wants you blessed, but it doesn't mean that your kids won't fight in the car on your way to Ocean Shores the day before Mother's Day. <laughs> doesn't mean that your car won't break down. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get a zip before prom. Brothers and sisters, welcome to life, right? Life is hard and then it gets harder. These things happen in life. These things happen in life, but the reality that God wants you blessed means that you will experience the goodness of God in the middle of some of the greatest difficulties of your life. And your blessings, even your happiness, will not be based on a perfect, pain-free life where your kids sing in three-part harmonies to Amy Grant songs in the back seat. God never promises that. Jesus, in fact, He says this. He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You want a promise? There you go. <laughs> That's a promise. But then He also says, but take heart. I've overcome this world. The problem is we're always looking for that pain-free, perfect life and we don't have it, then we start to blame God. But the reality is God desires and He wants to be active in our pain-filled life. Just because you're blessed doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. Just because you're blessed doesn't mean you're not going to feel weak at times. Just because you're blessed doesn't mean that you're not going to have storms, violent storms in your life. Remember, you live in a sinful, fallen, broken world. But in the middle of the storm, you can be blessed. You can have a blessing. I want to say that again. In the middle of the storm, you can have a blessing. For those of you who have been walking with the Lord, you know what I'm talking about. Anyone, just with a show of hands, has anyone ever received a blessing in the middle of the storm? Amen. You can put your hands down. Hallelujah. Many times the blessing 
is the supernatural peace of God that goes beyond our human ability to understand or even comprehend. That peace that guards our hearts and our minds and our souls in Christ Jesus. Some of you, even today, you are in the middle of a storm, but you believe in a supernatural God who gives you a supernatural peace. And you know that in a moment, the peace of God can move in your heart and you can begin to recognize, I trust Him. Even though I'm in the middle of a storm like I've never experienced before, worse than I could have ever predicted, worse than Pastor Dan or anyone else could ever imagine, even though I am walking through hell on earth, I am blessed with God's peace. Maybe you're in the middle of a trial. You'd never go choose to go through this trial, but you're going through one right now. Not in a million years would you want this. And right now you feel like you don't even have what it takes to go on. Yet in the presence of God, you can have joy unspeakable. I love Christians who have joy. The joy that makes your non-Christian friends think you are crazy, right? You know what I'm talking about, the joy. In the midst of trials, you have this joy, a joy that wells up deep from within. People are like, how do you do that? And you're like, it only comes from God. There are those of you who are mature in Christ and you recognize, and you are my heroes. You are Jesus freaks. You recognize that you can actually, this is getting crazy territory. You realize and recognize that you can actually rejoice in your sufferings and your trials. I mean, that's crazy. That's way beyond the American model we have of Christianity. There are examples in this church, and I believe this is for every one of us, that we can be like those disciples where they actually rejoice in their sufferings because you know that you are developing in you because of the sufferings, perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete in Christ, not lacking anything. Those aren't my words. Those are the words of Scripture. And you've been through enough trials, right? You would never choose to go through any of those trials again. But you recognize I am who I am today because God comforted me in those trials and He conformed me into the image of Christ. When I walked through this, I knew Him more intimately. When I walked through this, I was faithful and I saw that He was faithful. As I walked through this, I experienced the goodness of God in a way that I could have never experienced on a good day. But I found His goodness on a bad day. And I would have never chosen it. But it is the blessings of of God. God wants you blessed. In fact, listen to David. Psalm 37, 4. David. David knows a little bit about good days. He had some of those, but he also had a lot of bad days. I'm talking about King David, the one that writes all these psalms where he's just pouring out his heart in distress and sorrow. He says that we are to delight. Everyone say delight. Delight in the Lord. He says, delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight. I love the word delight. It comes from a Hebrew word. The word is anog. And it, and it just means to delight, but to enjoy in a soft, a delicate, pliable way to enjoy. So delight, enjoy the Lord. And what does it say? And He will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, as we seek God, as we enjoy, as we delight in God, as we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, then everything will be added to you. See, we're not pursuing happiness. We're pursuing God. And as we pursue God, suddenly we are enjoying His presence. He's giving us the desires of our hearts. We're delighting in Him. And instead of it being about Him giving me exactly what I want humanly, like that spiritual Coke machine in the sky, giving me what I crave in my flesh, instead He begins to give me the desires of my heart. And remember, Jeremiah tells us that God has changed our heart. He has changed our heart. And what he does is as he changes our heart, he actually changes our desires and his desires become our desires. Isn't that the beautiful thing about being a Christian? We don't have to hope that his will instead of our will be done. As Christians, as he changes us and conforms us, you know, your will be done. Your will be done. 
And then we can pray according to His will and He gives us what we pray for because we've actually prayed according to His will and specifically for His will to be done because our hearts have been changed and our hearts now aligned with the heart of God. Suddenly now I'm enjoying God. I'm delighting in Him. I'm soft. I'm pliable. I'm being conformed into His image and He is giving me His desires. I'm praying not my will. I'm praying Your will be done and suddenly I'm living a very blessed life. A blessed life. The blessed life. Not the perfect life. Not the pain-free life. But something that is better than happiness. It's joy unspeakable. It's peace that passes understanding. It's his supernatural strength when I am completely devastatingly weak. It's his supernatural life. It's where his super meets my natural. Suddenly his power, his presence carries me, fills me up and it's where I am supposed to be. Max Licato, he he says it this way. I, I love how he says it. He goes, if you took a fish out of water and you put it on a beach, would the fish be happy? No. Put them on a beach, is the fish happy? No. Why? Because there's no water. Fish is just, you know, Whatever fish, just looking for some water. But now we give them a big wad of cash. I'm talking like $100,000. Is the fish happy? No. What if we put them in a lounge chair, a Corona beer, Playfish magazine? I'm talking about the Playfish magazine with the hot trout and salmon. Like, Right? Come on. Is the fish happy? Maybe for a little while, right? Fish has got a sweet tail, buddy. Fish ain't happy. Fish ain't happy. Why? Because you were created for the ocean, not for sand. Christian brother and sister, this is very serious. If you have everything this world has to offer, will you be ultimately and lastingly happy? The answer is no. No. We waste so much time on things where the answer is no. Because you were not created for earth. You were created for heaven. My brother talked about this so well last Sunday. You were created for eternity. This earth, it's a blip. Your time on this earth, you're here for a little while and then whoop, you're gone. You were created for heaven. You were created to glorify the God of this universe for Him to love you and for you to love Him forever. Therefore, we got to lower our expectations a little bit about earth. There's no new car, no new house, no new job, no new wife or husband that is going to satisfy the cravings of your heart because inside your heart, you have a Christ-shaped void. Some of you know it. If you're honest, you have tried everything out there that you can. You have partied your little brains out. You've consumed and taken everything you could. You've rearranged your body. You've traded in one girlfriend or boyfriend for another. You've changed jobs. You've changed cities. you changed church and then changed another church and then another church and another church. And guess what? Nothing fulfills. It's only temporary happiness. Why? Because you were not created to be satisfied by the things of this world. It will all cr- rust, corrode, and fade away. Instead of living for the things of this world, there's a better way. You can live a blessed life, a life of God. You can live for the things of heaven, wholly submitted, surrendered to God with eternity in mind. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ, I belong to you. Jesus, lead me. Jesus, guide me. I'm yours. Take me. All that I am. My gifts, my abilities, all that I am yours. I'm walking not by, by sight, but I'm walking by faith. My hands, let my hands be your hands. Let my feet be your hands. Let my words be your words. All that I am, I surrender. I'm giving everything that I am to you, Jesus. All that I am. My mouth is your mouth. Just laying it down. Laying it down. My desires are your desires. Your will is my will. Me and the Father are one. Giving me words. Giving me what I need to be a blessing to those around me. Lord, I am blessed to be a blessing. Lord, I am blessed to be a blessing. And suddenly, everything within you, what is resonating within you, and so much, this has been challenging the hair on me this last week. All of a sudden, now you are delighting yourself in the Lord. 
I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. He is in me, the hope of glory, but I'm also hidden in Christ, and it's me and Him, and Him and me. And I'm delighting myself in the Lord. As you stop chasing after happiness, instead give Him the desires of your heart, His desires become your heart. So you're now praying, and you're worshiping, and you're living a very blessed life. It doesn't mean perfect, it doesn't mean pain free, but it's blessed by the presence, the eternal presence of God. Psalm 97.12, the New Living, Test- New Living Translation, this is what it says, May all who are godly be happy. Be happy in the Lord and praise His holy name. Happiness is never going to be found in the happenings of this earth. That equation. Happiness is only found in the Lord and it's deeper than happiness. It's blessings. It's joy unspeakable. It's peace. It's power. It's His presence. It's an eternal calling. Therefore, lower your expectations of earth. You're not created for earth. You're created for heaven. Above all else, God does not want you happy when it causes you to do something sinful or unwise. God does not want you happy when you're chasing after the things of this world. God has something far better for you. He wants you to be blessed. Blessed. God wants you more than happy. He wants you tapping into His goodness. That no matter what, you would understand that God causes everything to work together for good, for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your truth that sets us free from these myths of our culture that bring bondage to our hearts. There's so much slavery in this area. I pray for a breaking today in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that You would do a work in every person in this room that we would be blessed by You to be a blessing in this world. If you want to be blessed by God, would you just raise your hand Anyone in this room want to be blessed by God? Absolutely. I'm raising both of my hands. Lord, that you would bless us. Put your hands down. Bless us more than we could ever imagine, Lord. Bless us more than we could ever imagine that we would be blessed to be a blessing. Go ahead and put your hands down. Father, I pray that we would not pursue happiness, but we would pursue you. And the byproduct of pursuing you would be knowing you intimately, enjoying your blessings that are not just for us, but the blessings that you have given us to be a blessing to this world. Lord, I pray that for my life. I just think about how many days, hours, seconds of my life I waste on my wants, my desires, my needs, my consumption, Lord. And I surrender that to you, Lord. This week, I've just been wrestling with this. This message has just been hurting my heart because I realize how much I am inwardly focused thinking about my happiness, Lord, but I surrender that to You, Lord. All of us, we surrender that to You, Lord Jesus. And we say again, I trust You, God. As scary as it is to trust You, I trust You. As scary as it is, I put my hand, my life once again into Your hands. Lord, thank You that You love us. Thank You that You bless us. Thank You that You forgive us. Lord, so many of us in this room, we have justified doing the wrong thing because it makes us feel good. We have justified doing the absolute wrong thing because it makes us happy. God, I pray that You convict all of us in the area of sin, all of us in the areas of compromise that we're living right now. God, I pray that for those who are contemplating divorce because they're simply not happy, I, God, I pray in this moment that You give them hope. God, You are a God of hope. God, You are a God, a God of healing and of forgiveness. God, for those that think there is no way, I pray that, God, You would show them that there is always a way. I pray for restoration in the mighty name of Jesus. I, God, I pray that our happiness would not ever be based on the temporary things of this world. God, that we would never settle for the fleeting things of this world. God, give us a supernatural ability not to be lured into loving this world, but because of our love for You, Jesus Christ, and because of our love for the Father, that we would not love this world, God, but we would love You with all of our hearts. 
Teach us what that means, God, to love you with all of our hearts. Teach us, God, we have run astray. We have not just kind of gone astray. We have turned our backs on you, Lord. And we turn to you again and say, God, help us. Father, help us. Father, may you be the lover of our souls. May you be our first love. May we return back to you, surrender to you, pursue you, be with you, not living a perfect life, but living a blessed life with your presence and the perfect God residing within us. God, bless this church. Bless Life Spring, Lord. Heal this land. Heal their hearts, Lord. So many people discouraged and depressed. Heal them, Lord. But let them be never satisfied with this to the happiness of this world, Lord. Would you convict them and haunt them as the Holy Ghost for any area where they are turning away from you, God? That only happiness, only joy would be found in you and you alone. Lord, this world is getting darker and it needs the light of Christ. And the light of Christ is going to shine through people like me and everyone else in this room. Lord, get us to a place where we can say, be holy just as I am holy. Help us, Lord. We need a radical transformation. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us where we've gone astray, Lord. And lead us once again, Lord, according to your righteousness. Lead us once again according to your plans and your desires and your hopes and your, your will, Lord, for this community. Help us, Lord. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. We pursue you. We pursue you. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.